Welcome to the Old Chats Pod with me, Amesha here. And me, James Factor. This podcast will tackle the taboo topic of mental health in a raw, honest and jovial way. With two good mates who've met in London talking about their own mental health hiccups with some help from some special guests along the way. Welcome to episode nine. This is the Social Media Chat. Here we discuss the role of social media with mental health, our own experiences with the many platforms and how people can reassess their relationship with social media. I caught COVID. When did you catch COVID? Lads holiday abroad (laughs) to uh, Bratislava. Ironically, we picked it because it had the lowest COVID rating in Europe at the time. And uh, we just decided we'd do it every year. We'd do this little tour away from home. So we'd go ahead with it this time. Had a good time, you know, a few beers, a little sightseeing, and then got back. One of us felt pretty achy and fluey. I, I felt okay, but then I realised by Thursday or Friday that I couldn't smell or taste my coffee. And that's when I knew it was yeah, going to be bad. So so what was what was the protocol? Did you, all, did you get a test or anything? Yeah, got a positive result. And then... <laughs> why why you not? You've kept this hidden for so long. You super spread it. I could have sworn this has come up in a previous chat. I don't think... No, I don't, you don't mentioned it. Maybe it hasn't, no. Super spreaders, that's exactly it. That's the definition, though. So what was the protocol? So you came home, got a test, you're all positive. You just stayed at home for two weeks. Yeah, just stayed at home for um, yeah, 10 days, I think it was. And then go on with it. But I still can't taste or smell now. So who knows? Still can't taste or smell? Nah, not a thing. To be fair, if you had to lose any sense for the rest of your life, it'd probably be taste. Yeah, cheers for that, Mish. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> to be fair, it could be worse, mate. You could be here. It could be worse. Um, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it yet because I hear it comes back sometime, I guess. Oh, no, so I guess some people haven't even got it back yet. And they've had it for six or nine months so who knows i'm at, I'm at the front line of, of medicine at the moment i'm, I'm a case study of what happens you're the guinea, guinea pig, pig. <laughs> i'm the canary in the, the elephant the elephant man <laughs> also you need to make the most of this so the next few weeks now just eat everything that's really healthy and then bosh people say that that's the i should go on like this fitness drive and eat things i never would the problem with that is it's not like my body doesn't crave the same things that it did before so I've been, you know, I still have a binge on chocolate or something and I'll finish. I'll just think, what the, what the fuck was the point in that? Yeah, but now you could binge on like ginger or turmeric and who knows? Could have a lasting effect. You could have replaced that in the long run. My kale intake has gone up a lot <laughs> in the last few weeks as a result. But yeah, big, big news. I've just been obviously isolated, but I, I, I don't have it now, but I, I still have this remaining symptom, so... Did you have you have you known anyone who's had it yet? No, no. First, is it, am I like the first person that you know personally that's got it? I've known people who've had it, but I wouldn't say they were mates. It's like a friend of a friend, and yeah. I, like, I think a lot of people I know when it first started off, they 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 lost their lack of taste and smell, but didn't. That was like before tests were regularly available. So I reckon a lot of us have had it and not known. Yeah, but yeah, that's well, oh, that's interesting. That sounds like it. When did you find out? August, September. Yeah, late August. I, you know, I was just, I didn't want to talk about myself all the time. Oh, <laughs> That's important. That's the whole point of this introduction. How have you been anyway? Apart from that, uh, apart from that uh, absolutely fine. Yeah, good. Going fine. How about you? Yeah, fine. Uh, I think this whole area of uncertainty again, of like what's going to happen, I think we just got to just 
kind of get on with it, don't we? Like, there's no point worrying about it. I mean, yeah, everyone has resentment towards the government or whoever, but it just is what it is. I do get those frustrations and sort of thoughts about other. I become a politician very quickly, and I start thinking like we should we should do this and that, and then the other part of me sometimes just comes up with there's nothing you can do about this. You could yeah. come up with the most convincing argument and study it. You're not going to literally change nothing about what's going to happen. So, like you said, just put up with it and see see what happens. Around, if it's Christmas and it's still this or worse, I don't know what people might start to, you know, say. And public opinion might swing the other way because at the moment it's pretty in favour of all the restrictions and lockdowns that come. But that's, you know, before we get to the festive season yeah definitely i think there's sometimes an element of comparing it to other places globally but it's everyone's so different like did you watch new zealand australia last week this weekend where you've got a full stadium and everyone's like oh that what what could have been but people forget new zealand's like because so much more vast space yeah it's very different you don't, you don't think of that do you i mean you see everyone screaming and shouting no you just want to you just want to head out there don't you so i know we're just comparing us off there to new zealand and i think a lot of people, from a mental health point of view, compare stuff to other people. And a big thing of that, obviously, has been for years is social media. And that's quite a big topic that we're going to try and address uh, a little bit today. But we both have the the common goal that eventually a lot of these topics we can reassess. When we get a second series, we'll be able to go back because, like I said, we're not going to clock everything we like to think about with mental health and social media in 45 minutes. But yeah, that's what we're going to address today. And also, some feedback from some previous episodes. People are missing our triple threat factor. People are clocking off before the 40 minutes because the amount of people that said to me, oh my God, James sings great, like the Rocky Man. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's already sang. So people need to tune in to the, the end of the 45 minutes. So they, they get all of the, the talking, the waffle, yeah. all of our chat. And then they miss out on the humiliation at exactly. the end. Exactly. So we're humiliating ourselves for no reason. We should do it first, maybe. Uh, Actually, no, no, no. <laughs> they don't want to wait until yeah. the end. Yeah, that's the, mate, we've got to get a full listen. We've got to get a full listen and track it by the end. Um, but yeah, so everyone should hope to just in the future now tune in to the end. Yeah, it's the best part. <laughs> one, of, one, of the, one of the best parts. Yeah, one of the, hopefully. I hope the, the, the first 40 minutes isn't too boring. But yeah, we just kind of want to address social media in the sense of, I think we're kind of different same but different in the sense of fact that like from us being mates it always used to annoy me the, the amount of times how bad you were like what's happening back like that was that was the first that was the first thing and like yeah you did say i'm that. quite like i want to if one of us gets sort of sorted i was like bang but then when you told me your concept around it i was like oh i'm actually quite jealous yeah well you're unbelievable at response times it's kind of i find it intimate <laughs> yeah. well, or just maybe i'm really bad maybe there's something in the middle that is a normal kind of whatsapp response but I, I was kind of intimidated by how quickly you replied to, to messages. <laughs> it's just because that's the thing, though, because my phone's on me all the time. It's yeah. on vibrate. It's yeah, just... it's it's on it's on me as well, too. Much. I mean, I, I mean, we've both watched the social dilemma now, haven't we? I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to come up in different guises yes. as we talk. But the one thing that I definitely related to from that is the how, you know, are you controlling the phone? Is the phone controlling you? And just the time that not so much looking at the screen and you know the hours and hours put into it but just more that i just have it on me and it'd be the one if i didn't have it in my vicinity or i can see it for a while it would it would definitely get me worried and i would i can't 
I, that that was a wake up watching that and just realizing actually I do have it in my hand or pocket or something all and I'm very conscious of it being with me. I don't know how long ago, but when it started getting big social media and really sort of taking off, I was a little bit behind the curve on it anyway. I didn't really get up to speed with all of the, you know, the new apps and stuff, but I definitely was very keen to just keep those discussions sort of times when I was comfortable to respond to them. I felt just overwhelmed to be honest by how much communication there was or even how much the pressures on me to respond to other people how that was just such that just became part of you know life and I yeah I, I just couldn't really handle that kind of um always being on or you know not having a switch off so I, ba- I basically like Mesh I'll get back to you you know in the evenings generally like or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not I don't, I'm not this isn't a an obstacle in our friendship but no but I know you mentioned the social dilemma there factor. So if people haven't seen it, it's a Netflix documentary with a lot of university lecturers in there, a few psychologists. Uh, and the main point of call is people used to work at big social media firms. So the bloke who created the Facebook like, um, there's a guy from Google, someone from Reddit. They're all kind of talking about how they created, created these social media and they didn't kind of realize the power of it. And what we're trying to say is social media is not, it's not hundred percent bad. I still think, the vast majority, 60, 70% is for good in terms of like socializing, especially in this time. Like I speak to, I speak to mates I haven't spoken to for years, just like through social media. And that's great. But I think the big thing that kind of got me in that, in the documentary was it said that people born from post 1996, the first generation in history that had social media at senior school, at secondary school. I don't know about you. I think I think I probably had Facebook maybe in sixth form, but the vast yeah. majority of social media I got at uni. And even then I didn't, it wasn't a prevalent part of my life. Yeah, I would have hated to have been part of that that cohort now that have it from that from such a young age. And it's just part of how they discuss things. So you're a bit more involved on social media, aren't you, Mesh? And get into um, just more discussions and stuff or... I don't know. Just more switched on with it. How do you how do you respond to it now? And then how do, how did you respond? So like I said, at university, it was getting kind of big then. I remember it being, like Facebook was getting big around then, but I don't think I ever went into the same kind of like connection to it, I guess, maybe, as you did. Yeah, maybe. So I think that's an obstacle I've found hard recently was I was trying to plug this podcast on social media. And I know like we it's such a good way of portraying, like whenever you put a new episode and we put on Instagram and Twitter, I think it's the easiest and best way to get out to people. But I just find it hard sometimes plugging it. Um, and I think social media was at school or at uni, like everyone kind of had it. So I use, for example, this was like, I don't know, 20, 2010 maybe. I use Facebook to keep in contact with friends or like use a Facebook Messenger. Twitter to maybe like stalk celebrities. And then Instagram was more of a personal thing to post photos. But now I can like kind of reflect on it. And I think the sad part of that sometimes is like a couple of my lowest points even like the, the the day after of those lowest points i'd post a photo up maybe for ramification i'm not entirely sure but also it's not giving a real image of how much you've thought at the time and i remember i always remember i think it's it my year abroad I was in canada i was having like a terrible time but my social media image digital image made me look like i was having a great time and i remember coming yeah. back at christmas and i played like we have like an old boys like rugby game at our club at home and it was literally like one of the top, top blokes who's like 30, 40 years old, had a family and stuff. He really took me under his wing like the year before when I had my gap year. And he was just like 
always remember he was like, mate, you're having like the best time. Like you're always out like at the bars and stuff like around people. And then I was like, oh yeah, thanks mate. But I actually wasn't. But the image that he that I'd created on my Instagram, Facebook, was what he was seeing and he was saying, looking that like I was having a great time. And he's not he's yeah. not the only person who would have thought that. But that's the weird thing about social media is it can create such a false image of yourself if you get usurped into it. Was it the fact that you were going through just a tough time, you know, regardless in life and that the social media side of it was there to, you know, deflate that in some way and just project something different? Or was it a kind of vicious circle where you would then get on social media and then you'd be looking for either, you know, a good response or a like, and then if that didn't come, it would perpetuate? Or was it just real life and posts to, to kind of make yourself feel better? I think the majority was deflated at the time but i think a little bit was actually just for like ramification or gratification because i wasn't really getting it elsewhere just because i was like struggling to make mates and a lot like a lot of different things it kind of a lot of it is just you're having a bad time and i just didn't want i don't know you don't want to it's quite sad in the sense that a lot of people on the social media don't want to post like negative images but when that is the real the real thing like i've been i've been pretty switched on this whole part of lockdown i think i've posted once when I've been on holiday, that was about it. And a couple of times about a podcast. And I felt I felt great about it, don't get me wrong, like as an Instagram post. And you do feel good like just taking yourself away from it. But yeah, it's hard. Like like I said, I think the same as you. I'm grateful I didn't have it at such a younger age. Because I do generally feel so so every generation has their own like mental health obstacles. And that's such a big, big thing, social media. Like if I was in a school or if I was a parent, like what do you tell your kids like have social media or like it's still great to have but it's using it in the right way yeah so how do you feel about it now then with, with with social media generally is it still something that you you fall back into or is it just um, talking to friends i think sometimes you do it's a very very human thing to do is like compare yourself to other people and that's like a big thing of trying to like clear your social media feed in the sense of if there's like an account that makes you angry or upset just get rid of it clearing it up in the sense of giving yourself a lot of times to use it but i think that's the thing that i think a lot of people begin to realize is you've got like for example influence or people who can make a career from social media they're not depicting their real life fair enough like you're making money from it like each to your own but i don't think mediocrity is like celebrated on social media like for example if we went into the office we're not going to post all in the office today and like you know what i mean like the same sort of thing where safe and influencers i don't know abroad they're going to make up like they're doing all these sorts of sending all these photos yet during the day, they might just be stuck in a hotel or they might not be doing anything. Yeah. They've posted like two or three photos from their holiday, which looks like the best time ever. Yeah. I think my, my response to it always has kind of been, I mean, I don't like, I, I don't post a lot of stuff anyway, so I'm, I'm not, I'm on social media mainly to yeah talk to friends or just, you know, gain information about stuff. But, and my, so my thought process was kind of, I didn't really get why, because you've just said it there, like you you know that it's kind of uh, an image that's been put on. So you can you can find a way to to rationalise it and break it down into, you know, what what's happening to, you know, you personally when you see this, but thinking actually, hold on, this might not be the case. But then what was interesting about the social dilemma was that the makers of the technology and how they'd created such an addictive format of drawing people in and keeping them on like a slot machine, you know, just keeping yeah. the feeds going and keep it going. Even though they knew that they had created this and they knew the, the tech inside out, they still 
were falling for it. You know, they were still addicted to it. So it was that was really interesting to hear that it doesn't matter if you know it's a trick or not. You're still having the same neurological, you know, impulse to it. You're still seeing it. And when you're susceptible, if you're in a down moment and you're seeing that, rationalizing the fact that it's not real doesn't really help. And that's kind of been a big eye-opener for me is thinking for those, you know, our age group and all, you know, younger, it's 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 a bigger problem than just, you know, debunking the whole um, you know, cutting images and, you know, making it all with filters. It, the fact that you know that doesn't really help that much. So that's like that's I imagine that's a huge issue at the moment for for younger people. Oh god, hundred percent, mate. And then even like even from a purely basis views, like I reckon people would get they might get a bit upset if so-and-so's got more likes than them and they don't like that person or little things like that. But even when they're social dilemma, they kind of talk about how a lot of them don't even give social media to their kids because they understand how powerful it is. And like, don't get me wrong, like, we're not, this isn't like an episode to neg social media the whole way through. People just utilise it in the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. But I think, especially in lockdown, I think it has had some great positives in the sense of like, people doing different challenges and people tagging people in. That's what I've kind of thought, like keeping in touch. But I was at the beginning of lockdown. It was like the toilet roll challenge. You do like keep you up as a toilet roll. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. You got you got joined into it as well. Man. I don't remember. <laughs> I've seen the video. Um, yeah, just little things. Like, I remember Jeremy back in the day, with, like the the ice bucket challenge. Yeah, like, at the ALS and like the amount of money they raised and stuff like that, or like the five k runs that people were doing during lockdown. Yeah, same sort of thing. Like. It does have some great positives. Don't get me wrong. How, how's your how's your moods been with uh, during lockdown in relation to social media? Then, when you see that those kind of things, is it? Do you feel like a big pickup when you when you're looking at it? And is it kind of you know long lasting, or is it more of a kind of feeding a craze crave? So, um, I think a couple of things. The sense of I don't think I like to think people have to share the same opinion, but quite often I'll get like FOMO. But because no one's doing anything you're not really having that. So like on social media, previously I'd get a bit of FOMO if someone's doing something on a certain day. And if I was like, someone doing something on a Saturday night and I was at home or some things like that, those FOMOs aren't there. But in terms of like gratification stuff, I don't think I've kind of needed it. It'll, I haven't really searched for it in lockdown because I've kind of, like we've got other stuff to worry about, like work or like this, for example, or like different projects to keep me busy. So that's kind of why I haven't really been as active on social media. But it's weird though, like, I might post something on my story on Instagram and then that might start a conversation with like one of our mates who I haven't seen since uni and then we'll have a conversation, which is great, but we wouldn't have had that conversation if I didn't post. Yeah. Yeah. I like people who also post like an old photo. Yes. Memories. Yeah. From like university, something like that. And then that's a great one. That's a great, that just draws people into a discussion on it and you just have a reminisce about it, don't you? And especially now where people have more time in hands and you'll see that and it will like nostalgia has been a massive part of everyone's lockdown. Yeah. It's interesting that we talk about with social media in this moment now, whether it's been obviously before, you know, it's, it's had its um, social dilemmas obviously shown that it's been a contributive factor to mental health issues, especially in young people when there's been this FOMO element where everyone's out and doing something and you don't know if something's going on. I wonder how people are, obviously there's lots of other mental health issues going on with people who are, either not been able to get out to work or meet people, but from a purely social media point, maybe it's, I don't know, you know, this, this social dilemma that's come out now and we're all talking about, obviously we've got time to talk about it a lot more and it's it's getting a lot more focused, but maybe this is the time when we really, you know, look at it. And because 
there isn't that much going on apart from watching Australia and New Zealand, you know, how they're having a great time. But yeah. in in your local area with your friends, there's not the same there's not the same FOMO, is there? So it's not not the same feed coming through, I guess. No, definitely. But even even pre COVID, how did you how have you dealt with social media in the sense of what have you done? Like, because I know you're not massively active on it, but do you feel as if you're missing out? Oh, is it the fact that your mates are on social media, so it's not a problem? Like a lot of my mates are on social media, so it's a bit like it's quite a big method of communication for us. I think that's a big part. It's but definitely if your close friends or friends are on the sites and if they're if they're feeding a lot. To be honest, my a lot of my like school friends, close friends, they're not big on social media anyway, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel kind of like I'm, I'm missing out on too much with with that group. But then, I mean, yeah, there are groups that, especially when you'll catch like a picture of a few people who you're kind of close with, but not that close. Yeah. And they've all met up. And you're just like, oh, okay, that would have been nice to, to, be, to be kind of part of. So occasionally I'll get something like that, but I, I don't think I've, I haven't really had the whole, not not like massive FOMO really with it and just yeah. not not getting it's it's more to be honest it's more um job and work stuff and like life goals more than what people are up to like in personal life or where they're out and what they're doing like so I'll I'll probably get more mildly anxious or just consider like what I'm doing if I see a post like someone for example has got into a university or something like even now right. you know even if it's like yeah. a postgrad thing I was like oh they're thinking about what they're doing in life maybe i should be thinking about stuff so um i guess i'm more on like yeah facebook or linkedin kind of things if i see people are changing direction or they're off to live in a different part of the world or something like that and then yeah. like you like you said it's just the opportunity to compare has never it's never been as nuanced as it is like now like they are feeding off your desire to compare yourself to people like you said and that comes in various ways. It could either be image or um, where everyone's meeting, like a social thing, but it could just be like proper wide life goals that previous generations, first of all, there are more choices for what we do in in life. That's just a fact with, I mean, for most of us anyway, with how many other jobs are out there and how quickly things change in that job market. But then the fact that you can see it all so clearly, it can't not cause anxiety in definitely our group and probably and you know and the younger groups i'm not sure about the older lot and how how they react to it that's the area where i get a bit you know second guessing myself and what i'm doing more than like instagram and stuff i think yeah definitely i think the whole compare like comparing yourself to other people even without social media that's such a big big trigger for a lot of people with their mental health hiccups like if you're comparing your life to someone else it's just it's never going to be profitable or beneficial um, and especially now with social media, like you don't necessarily have to compare yourself to people you went to school with, but you can compare yourself to like celebrities the same age as you, or yeah. you would just see their end products. You wouldn't see all the stuff behind the scenes that they've had to do to get to that point. Like I said, people only people only post their celebratory stuff. They're not going to post them working at like stupid o'clock trying to get to X Y Z job or like a certain degree and stuff. No, what do you think of that? Because they, I know that I don't know if it was a celebrity. Uh, kind of you know virtue signal or not but there was definitely a kind of uh, an uptake on people they were posting you know images of themselves not looking so great or 
more sort of mundane stuff. I don't, I obviously don't follow that many people. So I don't know if that kind of stuff is still going or getting traction or is it all still best life? It comes in peaks and troughs. Like I remember a while ago when like, girls did like no makeup selfies for like cancer research. I think it was like one of the charities, which yeah. is fantastic. But, like, yeah. I think girls are a lot better at social media than blokes are. And even when you talk about, say like a girl posts something, everyone's so complimentary. And say if a boy posts, I don't know, like a beach photo or something with their mates, you'll you'll see the different comments that people will give. For example, it's just boys like giving banner being like, oh, like, put a shirt back on or things like that. Whereas if it's like a girl, it might be like, oh, the flame emoji. Like that's just, that's just like, boy, that's just like yeah, banner yeah. and just totally different, isn't it? Like, girls are a lot nicer to each other than blokes are. I do think there are those those accounts which people are a bit more real about whether or not they're as profitable or beneficial have as many followers as the ones that show a false image. I don't know. Yeah. How? What are your opinions on LinkedIn as a social media platform? I, I honestly get so weirded out by it. That's like the one social media platform I don't really grasp. I still, I don't really know the etiquette of it still. To yeah. Guess. I don't, I, I actually had, I read a little article about, you know, what someone's thoughts or uh, on how it works and etiquette wise. But to be honest, again, like I'm, I'm just a kind of, I'm a bit of a stalker <laughs> on these sites and in these, these WhatsApp groups, as you can tell, I'm not, I don't reply much. And I'm more just there to see what everyone else is, is getting up to. So I'm using LinkedIn a bit more actually, and I, I do like to use it, yeah, purely in you know, obviously a professional <laughs> format. I don't know if other people do or not. To be honest, um, I hope so. But yeah, I think yeah, people people do. What's your thoughts on it? <laughs> I don't know. I always get a bit weirded out by it. Like, don't get me wrong, it's great. I I think obviously the vast amount of employers use it to advertise jobs on, which is great. But then I'll just see like a friend of a friend or a connection, like liking some like ridiculously American posts where it's just talking about, I don't know, just things that might be like unattainable and achievable. It's like, you always get this silly story of like, oh, a guy stopping to look after a dog or something. He's got late for the interview. They find out the guy who's interviewing him is his dog. And it's just like, is that real? <laughs> like, it's not real. It, it definitely has a, a moralistic kind of yeah, virtue oh, signaling element to it. Yeah. Which you just take 100, with it. 150%. But, but, yeah. those, but the annoying thing is those are the ones that I stop and fucking read. <laughs> if it starts off with like a quote or something from it's true from Plato, that direct, yeah. then that's me that, just in whereas I'm really there to you know potentially look for you know publishers or whatever but I get sucked into the and that's, that's the thing is they know that that's what I like so that's I don't know how LinkedIn works because with the social dilemma they were saying basically if you're in a certain area or if you know your feed is going to be different from other people's so everyone gets yes. the information yeah. that they not necessarily want to see but it's what the algorithms suggest they will watch for longest so whether they disagree or yeah. agree strongly that you know probably i think more often it's disagree sometimes so you get something that creates a visceral response from you and that's what gets them airtime and that's what makes the money because the adverts come from that so i mean with linkedin i don't know how that works i think obviously you've got your set contacts but then i don't know if i'm getting you know all kinds of moralistic stance stuff just because I click on a few of them or not. And other people might be getting, you know, proper job offers or which is I looking for. No, you need to looking for things. You need to clean your feed. You need to start following. I don't know how I'm so behind. I'm already You need to keep liking like some Barack Obama posts and then hopefully you'll get some like, <laughs> positive energy. You need to get off Elon Musk's and then get on some 
Get some real, <laughs> real peoples, mate. Say hypothetically, we would we would become celebrities in some way or form. Like, I would hate the fact that a stranger could just like give me abuse or just say something to you. Like, someone I'll never ever meet just has the ability to like message me. Sort of thing on BBC Sport today where Raheem Sterling was talking about some PFA charity study. And it says here 43% of Premier League players experienced targeted racial abuse on social media platforms. That's huge. That's ridiculous. And the vast, the vast majority of this is on Twitter. But I was like, 43% of players have got they've got racist abuse from social media. And that's mad. Like, I know everyone everyone keeps saying, like, it's up to the social media platforms to try and govern the people that post or what, what happens on it. But it's mental. Like, people can just, you can just, you could, like, anyone can create a profile not with a photo of them, with a dodgy email address and just give abuse yeah. to someone. Yeah, and it's not the social, it's not, I mean, it is the social media's responsibility, but realistically... How can you police it? Well, it's yeah. not, I mean, but it's, go, it's for governments to to enforce. And I think that's that was that was the gist. Yes, of, yeah, true. Um, I don't know who the main, there was, there was one, you know, main warrior in that show who was kind of leading the discussion and everyone else got into it. The magician. Was he a magician? Guy. Yeah, his, his childhood. He was, he was oh, a brilliant yeah, yeah, magician yeah, 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 yeah. and basically... Everyone oh, who yes. ends up at these yeah. social media companies are, are good at manipulating, obviously manipulating human behavior. So he was like a class magician when he was younger. And uh, so he was saying that, yeah, it's it's the government. Governments have to, in the same way that every new industry that comes up about, it, because it's so new, everyone points out all the flaws with it and all the issues. And then I think it will happen with social media as well, to be honest. It's not, I'm not yeah. actually not being... Um, you know, naive optimist in thinking that that at some point, with these numbers on men- mental health in particular that are coming out, and purely from if you're just looking at you know a cold economic perspective on it, the amount of damage that's just doing to you know the next workforce, the next generation coming through. I, th- I think that yep. I hope the governments will get on top of it and fix it. The the thing that was worrying for me when I heard them all talk about the fact that the, the algorithms that they've created, they basically get to the final results in the way that only the computer knows how. So they don't actually know how they create, they don't know how the feed gets created for you. They just know that they've programmed it to find the best feed. So that's okay for now because you can try and limit you know, what's going on the screen, but if it jumps up a notch, you know, the next time, it, it keeps getting, the genie keeps getting further out of the bottle and it gets it harder to pull back in because, you know, governments move slowly and they can't respond to it. So, I mean, the fake news stuff that if something like that, because that's getting more nuanced as well. So Pizzagate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, where they got people to believe in that conspiracy about in America that Pizza Hut was you know, holding hostages below the, the floor and people came in and started, you know, shooting it up. If something on a wider scale gets into the mainstream and, and really becomes authentic and believable, that's that's where it could get really bad. Sorry, that's that's not really mental, that's just a tangent, but that's no, you make your point in the sense I remember there's it's a big thing for social media social dilemma that I saw as well, where it said fake news and Twitter spread six times faster than real news. And like yes, this this whole time period now, like the amount of fake news that can be knocking around, like even now during like COVID, like rumors, everyone's like, oh we're gonna go into this, we're gonna go into that. That stuff of all the fake news and stuff just gets accelerated through so much quicker than real news. And it's obviously yeah. damaging people's mental health now in the sense of it's still a massive term of uncertainty. If people are going to Twitter for their news and they're reading stuff that isn't correct, they're just getting themselves into like 
an anxious rush when they don't need to be. Yeah, and the sense of just general division. Yeah. Oh, because that, that was the threat that they said that one of them was thinking that the major short-term threat is civil war between people because they just can't hear each other over the bubbles they get themselves into when they start hearing their own opinions about stuff. And, you know, we, we would both like to think that, you know, we're reasonable people who can kind of see the difference, you know, or at least have yeah, a centre a center of, you know, news that we agree on as being the news. And then you get perspectives from the left and right that come in, but we don't know for how long that's going to be as recognisable as it is now. And just from a, from a mental health perspective, if you're not sure about the information you're getting, it's, it's kind of like you were saying with, um, when you see images that you kind of know they're filtered, but it still has a negative effect on you because yes. you can still see that point of beauty. It's kind of the same with, with news and politics as well, isn't it? You kind of know that things are getting a bit, you know, divided through social media, but you still, those feelings are still real. They're still tangible. That, that those emotions that get created from feeling more divided from your neighbor potentially. And then it leads to things like not speaking your mind, which is in there enough that you're just worried to in certain cases, because we're all social animals, like you said, you might not say what you were going to say originally, and then you move further away from that certainty. And that creates anxiety in, in every format, in workplace, in, in friendship groups. So for me, that, that was the big, the bigger worry was that you start losing that sense of kind of common ground and, and point of truth. And not just, yeah, not just images, but the text you write can come across so differently in the way you're meant to say it. So if you're writing like a tweet or something on social media, say if you're trying to be sarcastic or something or it comes across in a different way, well, that's another thing. You can just create a different image, not just digital, but also your own opinions and your own like, clickbait keyboard warrior. Yeah, yeah some of you say. Yeah, with WhatsApp, you're going to lose the thread at some point with it. So it's, it's yes. sometimes it's just organic and it's just a natural break. But it can have, like you were saying, it can be interpreted in quite different ways. So you can just think it's kind of you know a natural end, but then the other person could be in a completely different headspace, completely different context. Yes, and then that gap in discussion becomes something for them that's that it's not intended to be. I say it's all about the different contexts getting completely messed up. I think it's a little a little fear that I sometimes have is I always want someone to prefer me in person rather than my digital image. You know what I mean? Like you don't yes. want someone to be like you don't want to meet someone, for example, and for them for your digital image to not fulfill. Yeah. It's like you sound a lot better over WhatsApp than you yeah. do in person. It's like you know I don't think I'd ever want that. And I'm pretty sure I don't think anyone would. But these people where you might say like on Instagram and Twitter who like the other side of the world and you're yeah. bringing on this image of you and they could say they ever met you and it's just like you're totally different yeah I know that there's this kind of buzz you get when you have spoken to someone that you haven't spoken to for a long time and then you reconnect in, in quite a meaningful way after after you haven't spoken for a while and and then if that ever drops off at any point or if you've had a bit of chat and it goes away then that the peak and the trough element of that is can be hard to deal yeah. with sometimes and I, and I know that I've had kind of what it does create is that if you're not speaking to the people that are coming up on your feed you get a false impression that you sort of have spoken to them or that you are keeping in touch and that there is this kind of moment in the future like an undefined time where you're all just going to meet up for like this big event and you kind of have that 
certainty that's there so you don't really bother connecting in the moment because you kind of know that their profile is part of your um network so it feels close and then that moment which i do sometimes get where you just realize actually i haven't seen that person in years in years and i may never see them again yet the illusion that they are close to me uh is is not as warm and rewarding at times but then it can be pulled away quite quickly that work so that's that's something i've noticed over the last you know 10 years of using it and that can be quite if you're in a quite a low place and then you're looking at photos from university or when any other time where things were good and you feel close for a minute and then you like, actually that's we haven't done that we may never see each other again that's a bit of a down moment as well do you get yeah. that kind of impression sometimes as well exactly your sense of safe and space for like a long time it's great just chatting i think guys are kind of good as a sense of like you don't have to speak to each other that often but when you do it's like being back normal um and i think that's great but like you say the div and i think this is probably like a mental health hiccup for me in the sense of when i have that dip afterwards i'll be like oh shit like why have i not spoke to them in so long then you're just trying to beat yourself up and be like yeah. the conversations are so great why have i not spoken for so long but that's just something that you need to try and eradicate which is obviously tough and you can only speak to someone you can't speak to everyone all the time don't get me wrong it's, it's tricky isn't it like i still think the peaks are probably higher than the the dips to an extent I think that's probably, I think that's true. But I think though on the flip side, as you were saying, it's not, I don't know if it's a guy thing or a girl thing in particular, but the, I'm, I'm quicker to forget the good times. Like you, like you just said. So, and that's, that's why we both recognize that feeling when you do get into, it could be anything. Like I had a zoom chat a few weeks ago with two guys I hadn't spoken to a long time and you have that. Why don't we just do, you know, let's do it in two weeks time. I was guaranteed to be there, you know, yeah, it didn't happen because cause it's a classic, isn't it? And it's, it is bad, but you forget the good times a lot quicker and getting back to it is, is not as easy, but it's just like, it's just a discipline, isn't it? It's getting it done. And that's sometimes why social media can be great in the sense of say someone you haven't seen in so long puts a photo on Instagram of you lot being together on, it does like nostalgia brings it all back. But I mean, yeah, I do, yeah. I do get what you mean. It's like, especially in, in the times we're in now, you just got to make more of an effort. Definitely, and just jump on that wagon when it's there. Exactly. When it gets get going, don't let it just go off because you don't. It's not just going to be at your fingertips. It, it never was at your fingertips. That's the whole point, isn't it? Is that the illusion was that it was, but you can kind of always reach out for it, but it's not necessarily there in, it, in the way that you think it is. Yeah, I find it tricky to post on social media for numerous reasons, but. I think the main one for me is like, I don't want to be seen as if I'm like gloating. So for example, like I went on holiday like, a couple of months ago, very fortunate to go on holiday. And I was like posting photos of her in Sicily. And then when I was posted, I was putting them on the story, people come like, oh my God, like so jealous and stuff like that. Obviously like they're obviously happy there, but then in my head, I'm like, what am I gloating? And what am I being a bit like selfish? Because I'm obviously, I know I'm great if I'm lucky to have the opportunity to go. I don't want to be like, seen as if I'm gloating on social media. And even before COVID and stuff, like the fact that you're, I know it's probably a bit of a pot kettle black here when I said, I probably posted at the times I wasn't that happy, but say if you, say if we've played rugby or after the game, we've got like a bus home or we've gone to the pub together, we've got a photo of us all out together and someone else is at home having probably FOMO seeing that or someone, yeah. for example, like 
say if someone didn't get picked for that rugby game or was injured or had to go to the hospital, couldn't come out afterwards, things like that. And they see that photo and it's like, oh. But I don't know. I think this is kind of just, it's probably me caring about other people as well. So my therapist had a really good analogy for that in the sense of quite often I've always thought about how other people are feeling rather than myself. And they, she was like, think of it as a rucksack and you're taking stuff out of the rucksack. That's like your issues, your problems. Yeah, if you're trying to help someone else, obviously listen to them, be there for them. But no, it's, it's their place to, to get rid of the stuff from their rucksack. Don't put that stuff coming out of her rucksack. Into yours. Exactly. Don't put it into yours. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You need people to be good listeners. That's really interesting though, isn't it? That, that's because we, like you said, you know what it's like to be on both sides of it now. Yeah. So maybe, and you're prob- you're possibly more um, in tune with that, what that can feel like. So think about it. It just plays on your mind maybe more. Yeah. Say if you put a photo of us all at work, like we're very fortunate to still be in, in the job. Say one of our Sony followers might have just lost a job and they see that. I don't know. It's, yeah. I know, it's, I know yeah. it's a very pragmatic way of thinking about it. And quite cynical to an extent, but no, but it is true, actually. Yeah, I, I've, I've never, I've never thought about it in those terms when you flip around like that. But then the whole, the whole rucksack thing, I think does it, it does apply to that to an extent. I think if it was to be like, and it's also just for you, it's just occasionally when you're when you feel like it, when you're in that mood to do it. Yeah. So it's not. I would see if it if it was like a calculated continuous thing that you're pushing forward then you could maybe look at your own actions in a bit more yeah 100 percent. it's probably it's probably just being like a little bit like considerate as well and i'd like to think all of the people that follow you or you follow are your mates like the people who are going to see your people actually people you care about and you know mate, it's not not like tom from my space it's not <laughs> like weirdos yeah it's not your responsibility if they if they if they're thinking fuck mesh putting that out then fuck them to be honest if that it depends it's a fine line between you know that if they're going through a tough time and it's one of those things that adds to the to the weight in a little amount that that could build up across the board but essentially like you said it's everyone's responsibility to get that rucksack in in place and not be on it as much and be be aware that it can be that damaging yeah definitely like even i know we talked about good things like on social media and the whole Black Lives Matter thing, and I know we kind of touched upon with Larry, but when everyone's putting the black squares, and I still see, I've, I don't know, I don't know if it's, I don't want to call people out, but I've still seen people who put like those, the Blackout Tuesday squares, and yet, what have they done? They've just posted, like, what have they done since then? But, yeah, fair that, enough, fair, but also, I put my hands up, like, they probably, they haven't posted, say they've been reading stuff, they haven't put on social media what they've been doing. So they t- technically could be, they could be doing stuff at home, obviously off social media. Sorry, that was that, me making an yeah. assumption there, but yeah. But that becomes their, that, then that's a personal responsibility, isn't it? Yes. So the the individual, more, more than the, the viewer. That's, you, only you know if you've backed up that post in enough, and actually if you, if you had backed up your post in enough detail, then that's the time when you actually should put the detail down and really like embellish what you're posting. I think it's worse to A, not do anything behind it and just post the square. But even if you have done something, that's the time when you need to come and speak about it. I don't think being modest is beneficial. And that's like thinking about modesty in a new light with social media is a complete, that's completely changed it, hasn't it? And what, so true. what, what is modesty now in the knowledge that image, there's just another realm of image now that can really affect things. And 
it's you know not depending on what you're posting it you've got a whole new load of considerations that could affect it and what you should be saying or not it's just requires more thought doesn't it and i think i i don't think that much about the few things i have posted um as much as half as nearly as i should have done and the more i, I learn about it and try and get on the other side of the screen and see what people will be seeing from that and what they're going through just be more careful with what's going out there yeah mate yeah hitting that on the head there just uh, being careful and considerate Uh, this is the bit that everyone's been supposedly missing. We nearly forgot so it. So it's going to have to be a good one. No pressure on loser. And we did nearly forget it. But yeah, triple threat round. Uh, one of us will flip a coin, heads or tails, and then the loser's got to do a song, a story, or a joke. Big, big, uh, big shoes to fill after the Rocky Man last week. Here we go. What do you want? I'll go heads. Oh, for God's sake. Heads. Got it. Every time. So yeah, obviously... Lockdown's a great time to have pets. I don't think, did I ever tell you about my pet parrot? Have I forgot about pets? I don't mm, think I have. I don't think so. Yeah, so I've, I've had a pet parrot for quite a few years. And to be fair, he's been fine during lockdown, but he started to pack on some pounds. And unfortunately, he passed away. I mean, it was a huge weight off my shoulders. Thanks for listening and don't do anything on social media other than like and share the All Chats pods and Instagram and Twitter.